I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. I'm Thomas O'Neill White. I'm Angelie Preston. We need to get together and let our voices be heard. This is What's Next. A dedicated hour to have important conversations about the issues facing the marginalized and underrepresented communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We're going to have some real healing. We've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truth. What's Next continues our mission to discuss race, equity, and the common concerns of Buffalo's East Side and beyond. In the suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. And good morning. Welcome to What's Next. And on this morning's uh, conversation, we're going to have with us uh, Francesca Messiah, the executive director of the Near East and West Side Task Force, and also a board member and uh, also a member works for one of the member organizations, Family Works Buffalo and the Osborne Association. That's Dior uh, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, a pleasure for sure. And uh, Francesca, let's uh, talk a little bit. Let's just maybe get a, into a general conversation because the, this organization has a lot of, I don't want to say moving parts, but it's it's a big organization that always seems to be changing with the needs of the community, the Near East and West Side Task Force. Why don't you give us an overview? Yes. Well, the Near East and West Side Task Force um, began in 2001 with the East Side Task Force, which was a part of the Black Leadership Forum, which met at Gethsemane Baptist Church under under Reverend Reed. And in 2001, for those of you who who can remember, that was a time of the uh, 22 caliber killer. And not only did this, the group of leaders who met with, within the Black Leadership Forum begin addressing that, they also began to uh, looking at the needs of the, 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 health, the health conditions or the lack of, health, of the, the needs of the health, uh, the health conditions on the east side, right. but the lack of services. And no one person really, no champion coming to say all, all the different health disparities. So then, there. That's where the near. That's where the East Side Task Force came from, and um, they met at Deaconess Hospital, which then was just Deaconess Hospital, but now part of. But now, matter of fact, Deaconess Hospital is now uh, High Point, which is part of Kaleida Health, right. which is where I work, Kaleida Health, and so that's how the East Side Task Force began um, working closely with Kaleida Health. Mm. However, we're a collaboration of organizations. Right. So at that time, there was a, a, a gentleman who worked for Kaleida Health, uh, um, uh, uh, Andres Garcia, who was also a member of the Western New York Friends and Family Civic, Hispanic Civic Association, and that formed in 2003. So many members of the task force were also members of the Hispanic organization. So it was in 2006, with through a lot of conversation, that the organizations came together because you had both you had two you know, people were going to this you know meetings for the ta- east side and the west side. Right. The mm-hmm. health conditions were the same. Education conditions were were, were the same or, or similar. And then we came uh, had a meeting, and around that time, two thousand and six, is when I became executive director because I was a, at that time a, with Kaleida Health, and I'm still with Kaleida Health, and um, and that's when we came up with the name News. Near East and West Side Task Force, because the work that we do in the areas of health and education are focused on the East Side, uh, Lower East, the the uh, the Near East Side, as well as the Lower West Side, which then 
was primarily a, a Latino community, and now we know it's uh, immigrants and right. Latino. Huge mixed community, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, for sure. Right. Now it's interesting though because you know Kaleida, in essence, supports you to to do yes. this work with the with the task force. I I know your the interest, of course, is in improving outcomes, but at the same time, maybe just expand on. You know, why is Kaleida Health so invested in making sure that there's somebody there making sure this organization runs? Well, because because uh, because Kaleida Health is concerned about the community, has always been concerned about the community, and when the um, task force first began, it was your 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 major health and in, health insurance companies, you, all, all all of your hospitals, ECMC, the Catholics, mm-hmm. it was colleges and, and universities. And I believe, I've never asked them, but I, I believe they saw something that worked when everyone came together, you know, focusing on specific, you know, focusing right. on the east side and, 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 and Gethsemane Baptist Church is in the fruit belt, um, said this works, this is working. Mm-hmm. So there was no need to, um, you know, break what was, what was working. Gotcha. And, and Kaleida Health is, is very supportive, remains supportive. Of the near east and west side task force, um, and and you know, and they've been a member all all of these years. Dior Lindsay, uh, let's talk just a little bit more about your role here, and also with uh, uh, Family Works Buffalo. Yeah, uh, sure. Just let's, let's talk about Family Works Buffalo for first and foremost. Just to give us an outline of what that's about. Yeah, sure. So uh, Family Works Buffalo is uh, a program of the Osborne Association. Um, and in Buffalo, we work primarily with children and families affected by a loved one's incarceration in Western New York, um, especially if the incarceration is of a parent. Um, so we support children and families that have been affected by this. But Osborne um, as a whole um, is a New York City based agency that's been around for almost 100 years. Um, and uh, the rest of our four sites, Bronx, Brooklyn, Harlem, and Newburgh, um, really Osborne does things from arrest to reentry and children, youth, and family services and has done so for years. And talk about its, how now that merges or comes into connection then with the, with the Near East and West Side Task Force in terms of, you know, obviously you're, you guys are a member, you're a board yeah. member, but you're also, <laughs> the organization is a member of this task force as well. Talk about that connection. Yeah, sure. So um, Family Works Buffalo opened in uh, 2019, um, in September of 2019 in particular, and uh, during that time is when I met Fran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I learned about the Near East and West Side Task Force and the uh, significant uh, community impact um, that it has. And due to the uh, intersection of the criminal legal system um, and public health, a lot of people haven't been able to um, understand or even examine what that looks like, um, especially when it comes to children. Um, so when we became members of the Near East and West Side Task Force, it was you know, a perfect connection to have. Um, I know uh, one of my colleagues, Wayne, was uh, on the show right, not too long right, ago, right. And, and he brought up, um, you know, uh, ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences. Um, and that uh, study that was done talks about the long-term health impacts that children can experience, um, you know, when they're exposed to different adverse 
events. And parental incarceration is one of the top adverse childhood experiences. If I'm not mistaken, it's the fourth most common. Hmm. And to think about ACEs from a public health standpoint, it was, you know, just so essential to be a part of the work that, you know, the Near East and West Side Task Force has been doing. And we've been members since and doing Ever wonderful since, yes. outreach. And, um, you know, we've been able to get connected to so many wonderful um, organizations as well as people. Um, during our time. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the Near East and West Side Task Force does wonderful work. I'm, I'm looking forward to a little later in the program, getting a little deeper into that 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 issue that, um, sure. that uh, Family Works Buffalo gets into. But I want to stick with the task force for just a little bit because, mm -hmm. and, um, and Dior just mentioned it, outreach. Outreach. It's really, it really is the, the yes, essence and, of, and, of and, the and, and task force. And mm -hmm. it is, but a little before that, in even in 2001, the task force did studies looking at um, health disparities, uh, life expectancies of, of African Americans versus versus uh, versus white. You know, looking why are the life expectancies shorter? Why? And this is in two thousand and one. Why are why is infant mortality? You know, uh, why are uh, African American moms dying in birth? Why are the babies dying? So. An organization to talk about out. We're talking about outreach, getting into outreach, such as Buffalo Pre and Perinatal, mm -hmm. have always been a part of the Near East and West Side Task Force. We're, we're, we're again, we're we're small, but but we're but we're mighty. You know, this is the first executive director was uh, Dr. Juanita Hunter, uh, who is a nurse, and uh, she's she's still around here in Buffalo. Then it was Barb Franklin, Barbara Franklin. And, and I'm the third executive director. And so um, and in terms of outreach, we, we, we partner, that we talk about the, the collaboration. So through conversations, through our meetings, that's where we find out, you know, uh, the, the need in the, in the Broadway film work community at mm -hmm. Matt Urban. You know, mm -hmm. we, we've been to Matt Urban. We haven't been there recently, but we've been to Matt Urban. We've been to the Bell Center. We've been to the West Side Community Center. We've been to Johnny B. Wiley, you know, uh, the, the, the Broadway Market. We've done. We've also been part of outside activities with a woman named Mrs. Triggs, who was outside, you know. Mrs. Who, Triggs, Sycamore, right? Sycamore. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But she does outreach even including in, in BlackRock. But, you know, once we hear of the need and if and Buffalo Municipal Housing been working mm -hmm. closely with BMHA in terms of providing services, bringing the services, because we know, and, and when, when you're living in, they call it health disparities, I call it life disparities. Right. When, when you're living in, in, in conditions where, you, you, where you're on it, you don't have a car, the bus system is slower. You have, you have children at home. You may have loved ones at home. You can't go that far. It's much easier mm -hmm. if you can get your health insurance receive a health screening, find out information on how to, uh, you know, work with your information and working with the child whose parent is, is in, in prison, incarcerate. It's much easier to, to take your, you know, maybe push your loved one in a wheelchair, take that baby in a stroller. It's much easier if you can just have to walk a few blocks somewhere to your, in your neighborhood to your community center. Right, right. And we but, work year round. And like you said, you're out you're doing the outreach and you're, you're, seeing these things what what are you learning about the people of buffalo what are you seeing 
Um, we're, you know what? One of the things I will learn, say that people are more open about their health. Mm-hmm. That's good news. Yes. And I'll say especially with diabetes. Okay. Okay. I'll just use that as an example. And a significant one. Significant. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. working, again, working with Kaleida, the resources, I always am able to have um, diabetes information or stroke information. People are now having conversations. You know, how, you know, I'm, you know, can I get that information on low blood sugar, high blood sugar? Can I get that information again on, you know, how, 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 how to prepare my plate? And by the way, do you have information on uh, a, a, a primary care physician? Mm-hmm. Because we work with general physicians. So, you know, we need information on primary care physicians. And also the Community Health Center of Buffalo, which is where, you, which is where uh, uh, Dior's office is mm-hmm. housed. Working along with um, Levon and Sari. For years we've worked along with her in terms of, um, you know, because they have dental. So mm-hmm. people are now more open and more comfortable. Because I think because there is, there are more health organizations working with health disparities, you know, such as a Buffalo Health Equity. So in overall, though, I mean, since your time there and before, and you have a, a great experience in Buffalo, do you, just, do you see that these outreach efforts are, are getting making people more comfortable with coming up and really yes. exploring the stuff the information that you you're offering. They, they are and I do surveys. So okay. ever so after each outreach there is an evaluation, <laughs> right? Yes, there me. is. Yeah, I didn't get your evaluation. So each organization turns in an evaluation. And and so it's not me saying how it's working. Okay. It's the organization. It's also how many outreach, how many people, how many people have has independent health, has Univera, mm-hmm. has Highmark. How many people have they enrolled through the outreach? So that's what keeps people coming back and be, being members because we're able to track. Mm-hmm. Well, Dior, I, I you, you, you yes. smiled and started laughing there, <laughs> so you know about the, the, the survey. So tell us uh, maybe about the survey. Tell us maybe some of the input that you've offered. Yeah, um, you know, we track you know, how many people came to our table, okay. what are some of those conversations that are being had, what are the, some of the resources that are being offered to the families um, or any of the individuals that have, um, you know, come to your table and inquired, you know, about the resources. Um, and, I mean, we, we do our own internally, but that's why I chuckled because I was like, yeah, we do every <laughs> single event. Um, and I think it's important for us to, you know, take a moment to recognize that, you know, these numbers, you know, reflect the number of instances that we have opportunities to really make a significant impact in someone's life Mm -hmm. by offering them resources that they didn't know existed or didn't think could have been so important to them. Uh, I mean, I I can only, you know, speak for, you know, my experiences particularly, but Um, I can tell you how many times folks have come to our table and said, I wish these resources were available when I was a kid. Um, Or, you know, I had no idea that, you know, video visiting was something that was local that I could do with my loved ones that are incarcerated. Um, Or, you know, oftentimes that stigma piece is also there. Like, oh, you know, I don't need that or, you know. Um, thank goodness I don't need that, which absolutely, um, you know, but for the folks that do statistically one out of two people do. And with that frequency, 
um, you know, just having that opportunity to, to really provide information is just essential. And um, I, I think the Near East and West Side Task Force does an amazing job with that. And, and, and so to outreach, let's say for Dior, I may have next to the table, because sometimes I do, I, I, I am strategic. When I place people next to each other, <laughs> mm-hmm. next to it, I may have Juville with, with the, student, um, the student pharmacist. Okay. And that way, people, because a lot of times when you're in the community, you really don't know, the, you don't understand the medication you're taking. You don't know why you really should take your high blood pressure medicine every day, even though hypertension is tied in with heart disease and stroke. You really don't know. So then, one of, one of our board members, Lynn, uh, uh, Dr. Rivers, she will have some of her students. We've had physical therapy students. We've had pharmacy students. Mm-hmm. Uh, working with another member, we've had um, nursing students who are able to take blood pressure. Who are a- I've seen people go home, again, because it's close, get their medicine, come back, speak really? with the pharmacy student, and ask them about their medication. But then, of course, there's, there's someone who's over the students. You know, I've seen people with physical therapy do the, I think, I, I forgot what the test is called, something with, it's walking. But again, it's testing testing your gait. And again, making people aware of the, the services mm-hmm. that are, are through Juville College. Because again, Juville has been a member of the task force for many years. I, I'm of the belief that health and education go hand in hand mm-hmm. and, and you can't separate them. Mm-hmm. What about uh, the comfort level for somebody who comes to one of your events. Let's For talk the, about that, what so that's the, like. The, uh, the, the comfort level, even when you can't speak English, the, smiles... Which is becoming more and more significant, Smiles go mm-hmm. a long way. Yeah? Smiles go, and communication, and when you point, because norm, many times there's there could be somebody with them who does speak a little English, and working along with Urban League and Project Hope, they have um, outreach people that speak six different languages. Hmm. So sometimes I can just go over to Project Hope and ask, does someone speak Bengali? You know, does someone speak one of the languages? They'll walk around with them. Um, okay. when, I, when we have outreach at BMHA, there's someone that speaks Spanish. Mm-hmm. One of our board members, Esmeralda, speaks Spanish. So when someone really does not speak the language, again, <laughs> that's also street, making sure that people are around who, who, who are able to speak the language who then are able to to walk around with the individual for that comfort level Mm -hmm. versus saying sorry. Right. You know, I don't like that word, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't sound like something you accept. No. Uh, What about the the trust factor? Uh, There's always, we hear about that a little bit when it comes to people in the community may not trust or don't feel comfortable approaching certain certain elements. What about that? Is that something that you're aware of or is it something that you you see as generally not an issue for you? Most of our members are all in their role, if it's a health or education, they're all in the outreach area. Okay. So they're used to being out in the community. Mm -hmm. You know, they're out. uh, There is, I'll never forget uh, observing one of our members one time. My gosh, she, she was just so quiet. But when, but when, but when, when someone from the community, one of the customers came up to her, she just lightened, she just opened mm. up, <laughs> and I said, her, "That's her style, you know. Everyone has a different style for comfort, and, um, you know, and and when I know for our behavioral health, when I know 
we have a behavioral health organization if it's crisis services if it's mm-hmm. if it's Ur- if it's urban league project hope i put them in the corner i'll make sure that that's a corner table so then they can have a chair on the corner and there's no and there's no one next to them oh okay yeah all right and they can have a, a, a more of a private conversation because many times it's just it's the beginning conversation that will lead to a that's part of a lead a phone conversation later on in detail, mm-hmm. but for behavioral health, um, they're they're in the corner, like they wouldn't be in the middle in between, um, you know, UB research and and um, let's say and 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 Osborne, they would not be between those two. They were their privacy because I recognize that. You got this pretty much covered, huh, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, take a time out. We'll come back and, okay. uh, and talk more about the. The uh, Near East and West Side Task Force with us today, Dior Lindsay, one of their board members, and also with Family Works Buffalo, and also the executive director, Francesca Messiah. This is What's Next on WBFO. WBFO wants to hear about your favorite Thanksgiving traditions. What are your favorite foods, rituals? Tell us your stories by using the Talk to Us feature in the WBFO app, or call us at 877-997-9236 and leave a message. Then listen to WBFO during Thanksgiving weekend to hear about the wonderful traditions of your neighbors. Do you hear that? That's the lullaby of Broadway. Join me, Anthony Chase, on a memorable trip to New York City, January 22nd through the 26th. We'll see five hit Broadway shows, Kimberly Akimbo and Juliet, Back to the Future, A Beautiful Noise, and Shocked. And we'll eat at Sardi's. Transportation, hotel, and select meals are also included. Space is limited, so don't delay. Call 716-630-3731 or visit wned.org travel. It's Reading Rainbow's 40th anniversary, and we're celebrating by releasing 40 full episodes of the classic PBS children's series. Look for new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday through February on the Reading Rainbow YouTube channel. Visit readingrainbow.org watch to find family activities for you and your child to do together after watching episodes. Activities are available in both English and Spanish. The episodes are available on YouTube for a limited time, so subscribe so you don't miss any. You're listening to What's Next, our place to discuss the important issues of our communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We want to hear from you. Click on the Talk to Us option in the WBFO app, and we will work to get your questions or comments on the air. Do you have a story or concern that we should be addressing? Email us using what's next at wbfo.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. And you're listening to What's Next with us this morning, uh, two members of the uh, Near East and West Side Task Force here in Buffalo, their executive director, Francisca uh, Messiah, and also Dior Lindsay is a board member and also with uh, one, of the, one of the organizations involved with uh, Near East and West Side Task Force, Family Works Buffalo, part of the Osborne Association. Um, I know we talked about outreach. You have an outreach event coming up. In December, right? Yes. At the Broadway Market. Friday, December 1st okay. at the Broadway Market. It's our 10th year of hosting Passport to Wellness. All right. And we call it Passport to Wellness because it's all of our members. Um, it's health and education. But what's in, it, with the 10th year, even the residents are aware of it. So we have people lined up 
before we were, were even set up. And what is it? So so individuals, the, the, the participants, walk around to each table, have a brief conversation with member organizations. And if we have screenings, they have to participate in screenings. This year we do have dental screenings provided by um, ECMC. Okay. From their dental. In the past, we've had asthma screenings. We're looking for blood pressure screenings. We've done flu shots. But this year, right now, we have about about nine organizations. Many times, we, we, we share a table because we work, we collaborate with the, with the Broadway market. Individuals will go around and have a conversation about what that organization has to present. And then when they come back, they're able to get uh, the first 75 people. Okay. <laughs> receive a gift card <laughs> to uh, Tops Market, mm-hmm. and that comes out of uh, out of the task force budget. But didn't you tell me that uh, there is one they have to answer one important question? Yes, yes. <laughs> b- before they get that gift card, the question is, did you learn anything? Right. And people are say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, no. I have to write it down because I document it. And then once people talking about the one thing that they learned. They, they normally always mention Dior's organization because <laughs> they didn't know that was around. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they'll they'll normally they, they, they they're so excited about what they learned. Many times I have to say, OK, thank you, because <laughs> because a line is a line has developed. Forming. But you have to at least tell me one thing, one takeaway, because to me, that's all part of 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 of, of your of your wellness is what mm-hmm. did you retain? That's that educator and me. What did you retain? <laughs> and making sure that you just didn't have, uh, you, you have a bag. It's not, just, it's not about having information in your bag. It's about what did you learn right. to take away, mm-hmm. to share with your family and friends. Ever surprised by what people say that they take away? Uh, yes. Yeah? Um, well, many times people say they didn't know what was around. Many times um, people will say that they're, they'll share it with their neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's great to know you're going to take what you have in your bag, what you learned, and and share it. You know, I have I have, I've had people who have gotten on the phone, called their family members, gone and gotten a whole, bringing five family members in. Wow! Because they are amazed because that information there's information at one of the tables that impacts their family members. Mm-hmm. And we also have job information. Okay. Um, but so they, I've seen many a time people get on the phone and just make calls. And you uh, said you, you, right now you have what, nine organizations? We, we have nine organizations because yeah. we really can only accommodate 12 because that's based on the Broadway market. They're, 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 they're based on their space availability. And we're in front of the meats, so we're by the meat <laughs> section. <laughs> so we catch, we, we catch, gonna... uh, you know, uh, bus drivers who have just dropped off children. We, you know, it's, we have uh, members of the community mm-hmm. coming in. It's just a cross section of people who are coming into the Broadway market. We encourage everyone to dress in holiday attire because mm-hmm. people are curious. When you're dressed a little unconventional, people will say, "What is that? Why is she having? Why is her head lighting up?" <laughs> are Are you going to be dressed in lights? Always, always, mm-hmm. always. Yeah, I have a, a, a reindeer <laughs> she has hat. Reindeer, yeah. reindeer, and they light up. <laughs> oh, so we know. <laughs> so I'm antlers. <laughs> you can hear Fran's voice, but now you know what she's going to but look now, like. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> How about for you, Dior? Are you getting? Uh, 
I don't yeah. know if that's really your style, dressed like that or no. Yeah, no, yeah. I usually wear an ugly sweater. Every okay, time I go. all right. Yeah, right. or Christmas sweater. Yeah. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dior, I want to get into a little bit more about what um, Family Works Buffalo does, just a little bit, take some time here, because as I, Fran mentioned, how often it, people are surprised mm-hmm. yeah. to know that there is an opportunity here for uh, you know, loved ones of, of people who are incarcerated to, to, to connect better, to find opportunities. Talk about, you know, what is available through Family Works Buffalo. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so locally, uh, our services are uh, video visiting. That's one of them. Um, so families can come to our office, which is located in the Community Health Center, Buffalo, 34 Benwood Avenue, which once again talks about that intersectionality of the criminal legal system and uh, public health. Um, but families can come to our office for free once a month, um, up to four family members, and they can visit with an incarcerated loved one for 11 different New York State correctional facilities. Um, and the room is set up kind of like a living room with a whole bunch of toys, books, and games. Um, it's very well-lit, therapeutic, and um, families are able to take that time to bond at no cost. And, of course, it's never uh, meant to replace anything in person. No. Because, um, you know, you can't replicate a hug virtually. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, families are able to, to have that opportunity to bond. And, um, you know, during the higher points of COVID, when uh, in-person uh, video visit, uh, in-person visiting, um, opportunities weren't uh, available. Uh, we had uh, uh, over a hundred video visits in less than a year just right. at our site alone. Um, so it's one of our more popular services um, locally that we have in our program, as well as we have two youth groups, uh, one for kids 12 to 15, another for kids 15 to 19 that have also had this experience of having a loved one incarcerated or recently released, and it's our once-a-week support group. They do them in New York City. We really just brought it here and offered that opportunity. So we have over 20 kids in our group right now, and they do really fun um, uh, really fun workshops, very educational workshops Do you as find well. the kids bonding together? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. And um, relationship building and building social support and um, really maximizing those opportunities to uh, build resilience is really just everything that, that we do through a lot of our work. So. Something you mentioned to me before we were on the air, and this, this caught me off guard, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of things catch me off guard. But this one particular fact, um, when it comes to maximum security for women in New York State, the yes. closest facility is where? Yeah, Bedford Hills is six and a half hours away from Buffalo. And um, for our video visiting program, we're in all the women's correctional facilities, which is Bedford, Taconic, and Albion. And if you have a loved one that's at Bedford, you're, you know, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of finances um, are going to have to be put into actually visiting that loved one in person, which we always encourage in person. But um, Bedford Hills is one of our uh, more popular sites just in Buffalo alone, just because of the time and the distance it takes to actually visit. What's it like for these kids with, when they're on these video calls or just in general conversation that you you might have with them what's what's their experience oh i could i mean i could take up a whole episode just talking about that <laughs> we may be inviting you back <laughs> um yeah i mean i have had instances where i've had 
uh, kids just bring their, you know, sign saying, Dad, mm. like, I'm graduating from high school. I'm doing that one thing that you said that you wanted to make sure that I'm doing Um, because you never got a chance to do it. Right. I've seen instances where, you know, parents are parenting their kids in the video visitor room. Hey, I was at the parent teacher conference. You know, I heard X, Y and Z. What's going on? What do you need? Um, I see kids light up, you know, having that opportunity to see mom or dad in that room. Um, you know, whether or not they're they're playing Uno or, you know, uh, whatever games they may play or whether or not they're um, reading a book together. I've just seen the opportunity for family bonding. Um, and even just one instance, we also take in, um, you know, kids that are also in foster care that have a loved one. So I've had foster, uh, foster care parents, I've had the mom, the caseworker and the child visit with mom and it made her reentry and reunion with the child so much easier. So just offering the opportunity for support has just been, it's, it's one of the, the joys of our program that I really love talking about. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I'm just, you know, what are the, I guess you could, anytime a, a child is separated from a parent for whatever reason is got to be difficult, but is there a, a stigma that these kids feel because of, of the, this connection? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, sometimes when we're doing, you know, outreach with the, the task force, sometimes I have, you know, parents whisper. Yes. You know, like, I don't want other folks around to know. Um, or sometimes I've had instances where parents will tell us, oh, she doesn't know. She thinks he's away at college. Um, and even when I'm out doing trainings, because um, trainings is another one of our services, um, I remember doing a, a training for a, uh, a, a mental health uh, group, uh, a group of uh, mental health practitioners. And uh, one of them said, I was told that, you know, uh, well-intended deception excuse, right? They told me my dad was away at college, but when he came home, he didn't come back with a degree, mm -hmm. right? So that stigma that often exists in these systems are um, significantly pervasive to the point where, you know, age-appropriate truths aren't often told, um, and that's where, like, through, you know, our, our community outreach, we're able to have those conversations with people about stigma and the importance of getting support if, you know, that's something that fits you and your family. And, mm -hmm. and the other thing with the task force, I would be remiss, um, we have monthly meetings. Okay. And during our, our monthly meetings, um, I've, many of our members, because we don't know what each other, you know, what we do. Oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. so Dior has been a speaker so each month we have a monthly meeting and 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 ever si since uh covid we operated during covid the meetings are are on zoom we have our board meeting and the second uh, uh tuesday of each month is our monthly meeting so for instance this month we have one of our members uh, charles from buffalo federation of neighborhood centers talking about food insecurities mm -hmm. and and how they provide food for residents within the fruit belt community which is huge and um so and i, I and um and our meeting is normally led by by our our uh, our uh, board president judge mcleod retired judge mcleod retired judge mcleod who has been with the task force since the beginning 
because he was originally part of the Black Leadership Forum in two thousand uh, and one. So he has been a member who brings wisdoms from many different angles. Yeah, maybe expand on that a little bit. Talk about yeah. Judge McLeod. So he's been, uh, um, besides a city court judge, you know, Judge McLeod is also serves on different boards. And he's the one who recently said that uh, he really feels that food insecurities, besides our health and education, that we need to do more in the area of food insecurities. Okay. Because it's such a, a huge area, even before, even before the Tops Massacre. Right. And so, um, and, and, and our members, you know, so really it's going back to the members, again, to ask what, are, what do your organizations do? What, mm-hmm. what are your organizations doing around food insecurities? Um, Juville has, a pro, has something, but it's more for, they have something during the summer, a program in the summer, but they also have like a, a, um, fresh fruits and vegetables where they service um, during the winter months only faculty and staff. So it's going to each of the members and finding out what, you know, going to UB, what are you doing, you know, and then, and speaking with Dior, it was during our our last board meeting, Mm -hmm. Dior Mm -hmm. said, Buffalo Federation of Neighborhood Centers Mm -hmm. is doing food insecurities. Okay. And so our member Charles is just, is normally on the call every month. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a speaker. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's our, our speaker. So, we have speakers every month that are always uh, focused on some part, some aspect in the community that impacts, uh, I, uh, let's say, 98% of the groups. Right. But, mm-hmm. it, profe- but it impacts a hundred. Per- it impacts the community 100%. And uh, does this then impact... Then also the way you go about your outreach, then and how you well proceed? some of the some of the outreach, but many times it's how can we help you? How can we? We would ask your organization. We would ask, um, you know, how can we help you to get your message out? All right, mm-hmm. and that's what we ask. And many times people are like, oh, well, we might have a letter writing campaign. You know, can you help in that? And then sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a no. We need, we you know, we would like for your or for new the members of News Task Force. To come to our to our center, okay, we we can do that. You know how many people? Give me at least a month, mm-hmm. and then I'll let everyone know. You know the date, the time, the the location, and then normally I get get at least six organizations between five to six organizations. But some organizations um, focus primarily on elderly, mm-hmm. so we have an organization called Elderwood. Elderwood, not Elderwood, the nursing facility or long-term care, right. but there's a part of Elderwood that's part of the program. If you're on Medicare, um, you are able then to take care of your loved one at home and get paid. So because of a lot of the communities, all the communities we go into are those that are health disparity or poverty or, you know, what, you know, um, the, um, they're, they are able to then um, connect with individuals who might be interested in it, but they are interested in a outreach that would target uh, a senior in, in a senior in a senior citizen facility, such as a Buffalo Municipal Housing (BMHA) facility. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't be as interested in a facility with kids because our population is older. Sure. Um, Parent Network, we work; they've been a mm-hmm. member for years. Parent Network may not be as interested in a organ in a, in in, uh, in an outreach 
in a uh, in a, a community center with basically seniors, but they would want something that has more uh, families. Mm-hmm. Some seniors, because a lot of seniors do 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 um, do take care of their children. Yep. But they would want to make sure that it's something because they have services for children with learning needs. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Uh, I- as you were talking about that, Alice, you, you, we brought you brought up something in the break about loved ones, uh, getting loved ones to um, take uh, t- taking a loved one. T- taking a loved one. That was one, one of our signature projects. Take a loved one to the doctors. Okay. We did that for four years in a row, and what we were able to do, working along with um, uh, uh, health health clinics, um, working along with hospitals, was for first it was for a day, but then it went for a week. And we had uh, at each location, like let's say our, our uh, federally qualified health centers, there was someone from one of our, our members from a health insurance company. They would make an appointment to see the health provider. But what happened, people were just getting sicker. And so as people become sicker, let's say your blood pressure is off the roof, you know, is sky high, and, you know, so then who will pay to, when that individual then has to go to the emergency department? Okay. Who is going to take care of that? We even had dental. We had, we had a dental service, part of take a loved one to the doctor, and it was for a week. And you were able to go to the doctors um, for free, but we had health insurance there. We had a health insurance company to make sure you enrolled in a health insurance company and also to make to try and match you up with the primary care physician cuz many members in our you know uh, in our communities east and west side still don't have a a primary care physician. Is that right? Mm. Yeah. That's got to be troubling though. It it is. I mean Dr. Vesquez on the west side was you know once he opened his practice that was great. Mm. But um you know the, but then people were just getting sicker and it was like what do you do? Who then is the next person to make sure that they get the, the care? And then eventually it was just becoming a liability and the program ended. Okay. But that was one of – that was a, that was really uh, – you know, that and, – and, and for But it that, kind of shows how your organization is always shifting always its shifting, focus. Always shifting. Always mm-hmm. shifting its focus. But the prize – the eye on the prize is the east side and the lower west side. That part has not changed mm. because the conditions have not changed that much. Mm. That's your, I, I mean, that, I was just going to ask you that. That's your assessment that, unfortunately? Things have gotten better. I mean, and the community is changing. That's the other part. Right. You mm-hmm. know, it's not the east side of 2021. You know, the east side of 2023, you know, homes are selling for over $100,000 and people are, so again, but they're still, a, a core group of individuals who are still in the Broadway Fillmore area, who are still in the Fruit Belt, who are still in the area around Jefferson where the massacre took place, who are on the west side near Tops, near the Bell Center, you know, uh, near West Side Community Service, near Jewville. You know, we, you know, so that was, you know, so that, that those areas are, are, are still in need mm. of services. During COVID, we had we gave away over three thousand masks, cloth masks. But what our what, what the board said? Well, everyone may not understand about the importance of washing a cloth mask, and so we had instructions 
in English and Spanish. We went to many of the senior housing units on both the west side, where was all, basically a lot of the you know residents speak Spanish. So we had you know instructions in English and Spanish, and we put the masks in a plastic in a ziploc. Oh, should say ziploc in a plastic bag. Okay. And that, <laughs> a plastic bag, and so individuals were then able to um, hold on. You know, keep it keep it clean, keep it sanitary. You know, so that was in you know when when COVID hit, and on our website, I know there's we had organizations because from private we we had private donors who were providing also providing masks so um and also membership are both public and private not-for-profit and individuals Mm -hmm. are all members of the near east and west side task force individuals as well huh? Mm -hmm. individuals yeah people want to support well and 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 not all organizations have are able to support it so but people realize the value such as the uh one of our ladies uh, from Erie County Department of Health. She has colorectal kits for people who have not had a colorectal exam where you're able to take your stool, um, put it in a little dish, mail that in an envelope to see if there's blood in your stool. You know, we've done PSA screenings mm-hmm. as part of that because we know screenings are at the heart and at the root of many of our health uh, conditions, mm-hmm. so we try to provide that. On education side, we've had workshops and financial aid. Before Say Yes Buffalo came around, right? We were able to have that, and um, again, a partner organization. We, we we use their space, so it's free. You know, uh, we had doc, we had uh, Dr. David Satcher in. Oh my gosh, that was like probably 2015, talking about behavioral health and youth. Mm. before, again, people really started talking about it. So we tried also to be at the cutting edge right. of push, health and Push education. the issues out there and help uh, uh, make the community aware of what's, mm-hmm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, take one more time out, and we'll come back and finish up uh, our conversation this morning with uh, Dior Lindsay and also Francesca Messiah. We're talking with the, uh, about the Near East West Side Task Force. This is What's Next on WBFO. Hey, is this thing on? Test, test, one, two. Sounds great. Let's go. The podcast world is overflowing with more than 750,000 podcasts to choose from. But for great local podcasts, you can now go to one place, the new Amplify BTPM Pods app. Here you can discover content produced in Western New York and Southern Ontario, our own backyard. With a wide variety of genres to choose from, there is something for everyone. Listen to the best independently produced podcast in the region, anywhere, anytime. Download the free Amplify BTPM Pods app wherever you get your apps and begin exploring your local podcast community now. Explore the intersection of music and mental health with Mindful Music, hosted by mental health advocate and educator Carl Shalomar. Listen to guests share how they use music to express their inner nature and manage their emotional well-being. Listen to Mindful Music on Saturdays at 4 p.m. and Sundays at 8 p.m. on WBFO. You're listening to What's Next, our place to discuss the important issues of our communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We want to hear from you. Click on the Talk to Us option in the WBFO app, and we will work to get your questions or comments on the air. 
Do you have a story or concern that we should be addressing? Email us using what's next at wbfo.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. And uh, this is What's Next with us from the Near East and West Side Task Force, their executive director, Francesca Messiah, and Dior Lindsay, board member and also with uh, Family Works Buffalo, part of the Osborne Association. We're going to use the title of the show to uh, get into our conversation, the final uh, segment here. What is next? What is next for the task force, and how do you go about gauging that? Well, looking at trends. All right. Going about what do you looking, see as trends now? Well, trends now, um, behavioral health is a, a big trend mm-hmm. because people, especially in uh, the what you know, uh, in the Latino community as well as the African American community, it's still difficult for people to really talk about and realize that their loved one or they may have. Um, it, Issues, for lack of a better word, or may need assistance. Well, a social worker might be able social to. Social worker might have the right word. Yeah, no. With <laughs> that, with, with behavior, health. with mental yeah, health, absolutely. You know, I mean, with uh, food insecurities, right. because if you don't have food in your house, you know, how can you go to a job interview? How can you? And that's what's coming up in the schools. You're seeing in the schools where they're running out of milk. You know, you're seeing in the schools where some schools are now allowing all students to have a free breakfast and lunch mm. because they're realizing some people are proud, too proud, you know, you know, don't tell them, don't, don't tell them, you know, mm. you hear that. And so the whole food, how many ways food impacts your brain when it comes to education, food impacts your, you on the job, you know, so those are trends. I also look at large cities to see what large cities and their community health departments are doing. Because to me, here in Buffalo, we have everything that a large city has. We may not know about it, mm-hmm. but we have it, you know. And, 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 and if that's the case, that organization would then become a speaker, the monthly speaker, and talk about what, what, what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of what's next. How can we help you? How can members of the Near East and West Side Task Force help your organization further their mission Mm -hmm. so those are the questions that we ask of the speakers or we'll ask well what have you done in the east side you know you have some organizations that you know want want to say what 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 have you done you know but but i mean another trend is the, the the fluoride fluoride has not been in buffalo water for again it affects your teeth it affects the dental your your dental health and that was a speaker that we had that was an awareness that was that was brought to me. Can we have a speaker come in? And again, it's it's virtual, you know. So in terms of of what's next and the environment, you know, the NAACP is working very closely with the environment. So again, the environment goes hand in hand with with the conditions on the east side and conditions on the on the west side, lower west side. So environment and food and jobs. Mm. And I'm going to just jump back to your initial point about mental health, and I'll mm-hmm. throw this to you, Dior, because yeah. this is really your field. <laughs> you know, we, I think, I feel, we hear more about mental health issues. Yeah. Is it a? Is it because people are making it a little more aware that there are opportunities and and people opening up about their their issues, or is it just the real realities of the pressures of everyday life that that are 
creating more mental health issues. What are, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, I don't expect you to necessarily have your, a, a, a simple answer to two. It's obviously yeah. a very complicated question. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that increased um, access has allowed for more opportunities for people to share. I think work around decreasing uh, the stigma around mental health has also um, you know, allow for more opportunity for people to be more comfortable with sharing, you know, um, what their mental health has been like. I think, you know, COVID, um, you know, uh, and when it comes to a lot of just different uh, issues that we've had um, globally um, and also locally, um, the things that can significantly impact your mental health um, and access even, you know, through telehealth. Um, and more folks actually, um, being open just to talk about it. Um, I mean, one thing that a friend mentioned is that, um, even at the, uh, um, outreach events that we do, um, there are folks that are there doing depression screenings. And even if you do, yeah, if you do the depression screening, you get a gift card, you know, for your time as well. So I think just different opportunities being offered to talk about it, plus increased access, um, and uh, just a lot of different scenarios that have just allowed for people to have the opportunity to be more vulnerable, I think is more so of what's happening. Um, because before it was like, this is a thing that you don't talk about where now it's, it's no different than analyzing the rest of your physical health. It is essential to your overall health. And, you know, we definitely need to talk about it more. And speaking, speaking of health, I know one of the things you had mentioned, an awareness, how did I know there was an awareness during outreach for years, uh, through our stroke department, our comprehensive stroke department at Kaleida, I have a stroke magnet. And people will say to me now, right, and they'll say, oh, I have that magnet. I'm like, okay, well, what's on the magnet? And people can now tell me the signs, warning signs of a stroke. Oh. You know, facial movement, um, you know, the arm, you know, know, uh, falling, slurred speech. People are now telling me what's on the stroke magnet. So I get it's social science. I don't have an actual tool, but I do share this information with our stroke department. It's got to be tremendously gratifying. It to is. Know that it is. I just want to give people a big hug, but I know <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but 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 for people to tell me what I've been giving them because they know it now, then after I listen, I'll say, okay, well, can you take one and give it to someone else? Uh, very nice. And people normally say, oh, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And we only have uh, about less than a minute left, but I want to make sure that we talk one more time about the upcoming event, the next outreach event on December 1st at the Broadway Market. Yes, 8.30 until uh, 8.30 to 12. Okay. Or until the gift cards run out. It's called Passport to Wellness. First 75 people who go through and have a, conver- a brief conversation with each of the vendors, including a dental screening. ECMC will then, um, and after they go and meet with everyone, it takes no more than 10 minutes of your time. Okay. And um, age age 13 on up. And I say 13 because some 13-year-olds have our moms. Right. 
Yeah. And do you, are you going to be there? Your organization will be there? Yes, market? I'll be there with my uh, Christmas sweater. <laughs> That's right. You'll have a <laughs> and I'll have my antlers. <laughs> and she'll have her antlers. <laughs> the one with the antlers is Francesca <laughs> Messiah, the executive director of the Near East and West Side Task Force. And the one with the Christmas sweater is Dior Lindsay, <laughs> the board member and member of Family Works Buffalo. Uh, this has been What's Next on WBFO and WBFO HD1 Buffalo, WOLN Olean, and WUBJ Jamestown, your NPR station. Thank you.